Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. And so our scripture today, one of my favorites, it comes from the book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. So Lord, we come and we want your word to be true to us today. We want to believe that you're speaking to us. We don't want to just sit here and waste our time. We want to receive from you. And so Lord, we pray that we would receive whatever it is that you have to give us. So our hands, our hearts are open to you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I look back on my life, almost any problem that I have found myself into, it uh, it has begun as a pride problem. Sometimes that's me, sometimes it's other people, but I I learned to look back and and to look for where where it was that my pride got in the way. And one of the things that I realized is, um, and this actually... I've been pastoring and preaching for a while now, but I just realized it recently. One of my favorite things to do is to um, is to give definitions of words um, as a pastor. And so, yeah, I don't know if you all have noticed that. You all probably noticed it way before I did. There's like, oh, there he goes, saying what another word means. Um, but I do that because I think oftentimes we have great confusion about what the word means and then what the biblical and Christian understanding of different words are. And pride is no different than that. Um, and I've been confused for a while about what it is that is truly pride and what does that mean. Um, because growing up, I, I learned that you're supposed to be proud of stuff. And what's the difference between being proud of something and, and pride that is a negative and that is a sin, right? It's um, of the seven deadly sins. It's kind of the, the, the standard one um, that we have. Pride goeth before the fall, Proverbs say. So like, but can I still be proud, right? Because I, I learned that it's great to be proud of our country. It's great to be proud of, of you all who have served our country. It's, um, I want people to be proud of this church. Uh, um, I, uh, sometimes I'm proud of my football team. Other times, not so much, right? Um, there are times in, in which 
I'm proud of being a husband or a dad. Um, is that pride? Where, 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 what's the difference between being proud and being pride? And as I was thinking about it, like proud is really about gratitude to be associated with something bigger than yourself. Um, that you can recognize that I am proud to, to live in this country. I'm proud to be a part of the church. That it's bigger than me. While pride is all about me. Pride is about a preoccupation with your, yourself. And really, as I think about it, pride is really about this self-centered worldview. It's about seeing yourself in the center. Now, um, when I was in, in college, uh, I was required to take a science class for my degree. Now, I'm not a science person. Um, that is not like what I'm interested in at all. And so um, as, I'm in, as I'm in college, I'm like looking for like, what is the like easiest science class and the one where I don't have to touch anything that's, you know, I don't want to touch, all right? Um, and so I took astronomy, not astrology, all right? I took astronomy. And so one summer, I took this class and I got an A in it, which should not tell you anything about what I learned. Because I couldn't tell you where the Big Dipper was. That's like week one. And I totally forgot. I had to chart the stars. I don't remember a thing about the stars. All right. What I, the only thing I remember from that class is that our, our professor stood up there. And, and he, was a, he was a Christian. But he, he was talking about how the, the universe is expanding and all this sort of stuff. And I don't remember what he said about how it all worked. But he said, it is conceivable that you could believe because of the nature of the universe that any place that you are is the center of the universe. And I thought that is a dangerous thing to tell a bunch of 18 to 22-year-olds, that they are the center of the universe. Because so many of us, that's what we see and that's what we experience, is that we are the center of the universe. Now, when we think about pride, oftentimes we think about the, um, the high side of pride or the egotistical side of pride. Oh, that person has a lot of pride. They have a big ego. But there's another side of pride as well that is in the same way coming from the self-centered worldview. And it's this worldview of self-contempt. So on one side of pride, we have this egotistical world. And on this other side, we have this self-contempt world. And let me kind of walk through the way that I understand pride and, and how we sort of see it in different ways. Because again, I think sometimes we struggle with thinking too much of ourselves. And then other times we struggle by thinking too little of ourselves. And, and sometimes we, go, we oscillate wildly back and forth between these two. So what is, what, is, what is our view of pride and how do we see that in the world? So the egotistical view of pride looks at our ability and says these words, I alone can fix it. You're, you're faced with a problem and you're like, well, I, I will do it. Nobody else can do it. I'll just take care of it, right? Um, and, and, and we think that I, I can do anything. I can fix anything. There have been many a thing that has been broken because a guy thought he could just fix it. I watch the YouTube video and I'm an expert on it, right? I alone can fix it. I can fix that relationship. If, if I do everything right, then everything will be okay, right? It's about our ability. Now, another part of the egotistical view of, of kind of a self-centered worldview is about responsibility. It's all up to me. It rises and falls with me. I am responsible for everybody else doing what they're supposed to be doing. It is up to me. This is a very egotistical, self-centered, prideful way of thinking. 
It's all up to me. Part of our egotistical view also has to do with our reputation. It says this, everyone is looking at me. This is the 15-year-old problem, right? They walk into school and they think, gosh, everybody's going to notice this stain on my shirt or this pimple on my forehead. They're not. Do you know why? Because they're all worried about their own stain on their shirt and their own pimple on their forehead. We, we don't even notice, but the egotistical view of our reputation makes us think that everybody is, is always paying attention and they always are looking at me and judging me and all those sorts of things, right? Everybody must notice this. And then there's also the egotistical view of entitlement, which says, I deserve this. I've worked hard. I've served the Lord for a long time. I've given lots of money, whatever it is. I deserve a happy life. I deserve to be celebrated. I deserve all these sort of things. And we can begin to pile up this. And we probably know people, we probably are people who at times have felt these ways. I've done everything right. I deserve everything right. But again, that's one side of pride. And some of us struggle there. And then others, we, we, we struggle with the pride of self-contempt. Because again, it's about a self-centered worldview. And in the self-contempt view of ability, it says it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what I do. Everybody else is going to do their own thing anyways. Whatever. Right? It's flippant. It doesn't take seriously what's going on. It goes on to the same thing with responsibility. A self-contempt view of responsibility doesn't say it's all my fault. It says it's all their fault. I don't have any role to play in it. It's them, 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 them. We continually blame somebody else. There's a self-contempt view of reputation. If, if the egotistical view is um, everybody's looking at me, the self-contempt view is nobody cares for me. Nobody cares. Not even God cares. Well, that's not true of the gospel. Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Those words still are true. And so I, I know that there are people that struggle with loneliness. I know there are times in which we feel that way, but that's just not the gospel. God cares, and we want to be a church that cares for other people. And the self-contempt view of entitlement says this, I don't deserve anything. I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm just a worm. I'm worthless. And sometimes we have this negative self-talk, right, of self-contempt. But again, it's still all centered around us. Is there a center of the universe that is not us? My, my college professor said those words, that you could always be at the center of the universe, but I had a pastor friend, his name was Peter, and he, he did the introduction at our service in Tulsa. And, and every week he would say, there is a center to the universe, and it is not you. And it took me a while before it's like, oh yeah, there's a center to the universe, and it's not you. It's Jesus. It's the table. It's his presence. And, and, and it has to change the way that, that we see and interact with the world. We have to remind ourselves that we're not at the center, but that Jesus is at the center. And so that we can get out of this prideful version. And one of the things that happens, and, and we're in the sermon series that's about hope, about how do we get from, from here to there, both individually, but also collectively. How do we get from, from here to there? And sometimes we're tempted to do it based on pride. Well, I have to do it all, or I can't do anything about it. It's all up to me. I deserve this. Or I don't deserve anything. And those are all about us being at the center of it. But for us to get, to go from here to there. And I don't know where in your life and in your journey and in your story you're trying to get from here to there. 
Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something with your health or your mental health. Maybe it's trying to find a new job, whatever it might be. How do you get from here to there? You've got to be able to, to have a pathway to be able to do it. But you are not responsible for all of it. Because you're a part of this larger world and you're part of a Jesus-oriented world. And so the pathway is humility. I like this quote from C.S. Lewis when he says this, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's not thinking, oh, I don't deserve anything. That's self-contempt, right? It's really saying, okay, this is not about me. How can I participate? How can I be a part of it? But really, how do I bring forth God's goodness and love? A couple weeks ago, we spoke about the power of agency. How in order for us to get from here to there, we have to be able to have agency. We can do something about it, right? But we can't control it. And so today, we, another key part of hope is a pathway. And as I mentioned, this, this pathway really is the pathway of hope because a pathway is essentially a redemption roadmap. It's how you get out of whatever you're in. How do I get out of this hole that I'm in? You need to be able to have some actual pathways. And if you want to have some hope and you find yourself in a hole, you've got to think of how do I build um, a, a stairs out of this mud pit that I'm in, right? You've got to be able to see a way to be able to get out. But we need both external pathways, but we also need an internal pathway, believing that every road that we're on is a redemption road. And that's what humility and the gift of humility enables us to do. It enables us to see redemption on every road. I can't always promise that, that you're going to get from here to there because one, sometimes you're there, disappears. And it's not there anymore. Other times, maybe God wanted to get you started on this road so he could get you going to a different road. But all along, no matter what happens, the pathway of hope is humility. And in this scripture that we read, and again, it's such a great text. It really is about the way of being in the world. It's, it's, it's a letter written to Christians. Um, and so for, uh, if you're not a Christian today, and, and that's, um, we're so glad you're here, um, this is what we hope being a follower of Jesus Christ is about. If you are a Christian, if you confess Jesus, we're going to move from faith 101 to faith 201 here in just a few verses. But let's start with faith 101. And this is what it says. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? This is faith 101. It's because is faith good for you? Is following Jesus, is being in a relationship with Jesus, is it good? Are you being encouraged from your faith in Jesus Christ? Are, are you being comforted by the love of Jesus? Uh, um, are you fellowshipping together with other Christians, both in the church, outside the church? Like, um, it, it, is this happening? Right? And I, I would hope that for a lot of you said, yes, being a Christian means I feel peace sometimes that passes understanding. I, I, I go to bed sometimes discouraged, but I wake up remembering his mercies are new every morning. And kind of the end of that is, right, the graduating part of Faith 101 is are your hearts tender and compassionate? Has being loved by God infinitely tenderized your heart to love others? So if you want to graduate today, answer yes to that question. Are you more tender and compassionate than you were? Because then, that's Faith 101. Faith 201 is about the next part of it as well. Because the pathway of hope is humility in community. 
It's about how we walk together. And I think a lot of times, one of the reasons why I think Christians do it wrong is we, is we never graduate from Faith 101 to Faith 201. And this is what Faith 201 is. It's the rest of what we read today. Then make me truly happy. Another version, he says, then make my joy complete by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and one purpose. Easy enough, right? To agree wholeheartedly with one another. Some of you are going to struggle to agree wholeheartedly with one another about what to eat for lunch today. So this is not about agreeing on every little thing, but it's about agreeing and working together with one mind and purpose. What is our purpose that we're supposed to have? We're going to talk about that here in just a little bit. Paul goes on. He's very specific. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. Don't look out for only your own interest but take an interest in others too. As a, as a staff on Monday, we were talking about what does it mean to take an interest in other people? How do I know if I have, have done that right? Well, one of our staff members was saying, well, one way you can know about taking an interest in others is, um, and she began to say, well, this person likes this to drink, and if I was to go to Sonic, I'd get her this and her this and her this. And I was sitting there thinking, man, I don't know any of those. <laughs> Ugh. Right? Like, isn't that something about an interest? You know what somebody likes to, to drink. You know what kind of food they like to order because you've been around them. I go back uh, when I was, uh, like, in, in late elementary, like around fifth grade. Um, we, we had a, a, my dad was a pastor, and, and we hired this, this new uh, younger guy. His name was Brian Anderson, Brian and his wife Eden Anderson, to be the assistant pastors um, while, we were, while we were there. And they invited us one time over to their apartment, and we all ate dinner. And they, they, they took an interest in me. Um, and so they were asking questions. They found out things I liked or things I, I didn't like and all those sorts of stuff. And in those days, that was the beginning of Aaron's 90s country love. And so there was a, a particular cassette tape. Now, a cassette tape, y'all, for some of you, some of you are like, I still got cassette tapes. Others of you are like, cassettes? It's like pre-CDs. That's how old it is. Um, and they're like these little rectangle things, and you put them in the car, um, and, and you would just have to listen to the tape. Now, my dad got a fancy new Honda Accord one year. And on the fancy new Honda Accord, you put the cassette tape in, and, and you could press the repeat button. And whenever there was a break in the song, it would rewind it till there was another break. And so you could repeat a song. Now, if all the songs were tied together, it, didn't, it wouldn't do that. But on the right tapes, all right, because normally there was like a seven-second break or something between songs, you know, so you could take a breath before you started singing again, apparently. Um, um, you would press the repeat button. Well, so my, my favorite song uh, this particular summer, summer was by Sawyer Brown. Any Sawyer Brown fans in here? All right, a few of you, all right. Good Methodist. You, like, barely raise your hand. I love it, you know. <laughs> Or you still like Sawyer Brown. If you don't know who Sawyer Brown is, man, we can have some talks. But they had this song, my favorite song uh, for a while. It's called Thank God for You. And it's like, I thank the bank for the money. Thank God for you. I thank my, sorry, I'll stop. It'll be singing in my head the rest of the time. But um, so true story. I learned something about my life and my world that I never knew um, until after the first service. And so uh, my, my, my mom was there. And uh, so there was a time in our life in which... Um, I went from riding in the back of the car to riding in the front of the car. I never knew why. Why I was able to go from the back, of the, the back seat unto the, the passenger seat. But my mom finally revealed to me this morning, it was because 
I had annoyed her successfully enough about, hey, press repeat. <laughs> Turn that up. All sorts of stuff that she just said, it's easier, let him sit in the front of the, of the car and I'll sit in the back and drink my Diet Coke and cross-stitch and be perfectly happy. So, uh, mystery in my life had been solved this morning, right? So, but I love that song. Where I was like, where was I? Now I remember. But I remember when we got back from vacation, Brian and Eden Anderson, they said, Aaron, we were listening to the radio and we heard, thank God for you, and we thought of you. You see, that's what it means to take an interest in somebody, Right? It's whenever you hear something or you see something and it makes you think of them and you tell them. That, that, that makes me think of you. I remember um, in, right before the, the pandemic happened, um, uh, one of the, our church members, a guy by the name of Mark, he, he went to Las Vegas. Now, most people, when they tell me they go to Vegas, they, they kind of do so like very hesitantly. Like, oh, yeah, I was in Vegas for a work conference. Okay, sure you were, Right. City of sin, tell your pastor that. Good luck, I'm praying for you already. You know, I'm just kidding. You go to Vegas, do whatever you want. That's, that's between you and the Lord, not between me and you. But like he, while he was in Vegas, he, he saw this huge 49er like necklace chain. I mean, it's like this big. It's hanging up in my office now. But he saw that and he thought of me because they were about to go lose the Super Bowl. Um, but um, man, and I was so going to wear it if they won the Super Bowl the next, the next Sunday. But I didn't. it's just hanging up there now. Till they win one of these years in the future. Um, but he thought of me, and that's just so awesome. So when you think of somebody, tell them. When you're reminded of somebody, tell them. Take an interest in others. Know what they like. Learn their drinks. Know what songs they listen to. Don't just do it with adults. Do it with kids. In fact, it's one of the most powerful things that we as adults can do is to learn the names of our friends' kids, to learn what they like and what they don't like, and to walk with them on that journey. Take an interest in others. Then Paul goes on to say words I absolutely despise. He says these words, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. He didn't say you should. He didn't say you shall. He didn't say every once in a while you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. He said you must. This is faith 201. And this is where it gets really hard. Because, um, and this word attitude, it's translated in a variety of different ways. And so um, one way is like it's the same orientation of being. It's the same perspective. It's the same way of living. It's the way, same way of loving. You must have the same way of loving that Christ Jesus had. And then he explains that way by going through this ancient poem that, that he has written down for us. It's called the kenosis poem. It means the emptying poem. And I remember when I was in seminary, there was a guy named J.D. Waltz who described the Christian life like this as a V. And you're thinking, victorious, yes, that's part of it, but, but really, and I'm going to use this because it's just easier for you all to see than this, all right, about how the journey of the Christian life, and we're going to see it modeled through the poem that we have here. So this is verse 6. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privilege. He took on the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. You see this journey from God to emptying himself, to being a human, to being a servant, to being obedient to the point of death, even a criminal's death. This ultimate humiliation is where Jesus went. And he said, therefore, God elevated him 
to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the movement of the Christian life. And if Jesus hadn't died on a cross, I dare to say the V would be the recognizable symbol of faith. We would have Vs everywhere instead of Ts everywhere. Because this is the journey of Jesus. And Paul's had the audacity to say, you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. This is what it means to have a Jesus-centered worldview. The ability to not think about something, not clinging to your privilege, to about serving others, to being born to obedience to God, to being willing to surrender ourselves completely. And so in this pride-oriented world, whether it be egotistical, right, or a self-loathing or self-contempt perspective, in this whole other way is the God-oriented, Jesus-oriented way of living, where it's not about us, but it's about being a part of what God is already doing. And so we are called to have this Jesus-centered worldview, to not put ourselves at the center of the world and instead to put Jesus there. And a Jesus-centered worldview, it relinquishes entitlement, And embraces emptiness. I mean, you know, one of the questions we always ask people, if you had any superpower, what would it be, right? And we say different things. But like Jesus could have had any superpower. He could have flown. I really believe that. But he emptied himself of everything. Right? He didn't didn't feel entitled. I mean, that's what it says. Though he was God, he did not think of of equality with God as something to cling to. I'm not going to hold on to this. I'm going to let it go. The Jesus-centered worldview, it continues, and it relinquishes ability, what I can do, and it embraces service. I'm not making the difference. I'm participating with God who is making the difference. It's a totally different way of looking at it. We embrace service. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took on the humble position of a slave. The Son of Man came to serve, not to be served. I think about the words that John said in John chapter 3, John the Baptist. He said, he must increase, Jesus must increase, and I must decrease. This is the way. I must decrease. He must increase. This is the way that we must be. The Jesus-centered worldview relinquishes responsibility. I have to do it, or it's all their fault. And instead, it embraces obedience. It says he humbled himself in obedience to God. That this is the way that we're called to do it, is in obedience, to do what God wants us to do, to take advantage of this gift of life and not take advantage for ourselves, but instead make the most of the gift that God has given us by being obedient, by doing what he says. This is one reason why I think giving matters. It's because God has commanded it. And to be obedient And sometimes we don't always see how the the numbers are going to end up. But obedience says, just trust me. And Jesus trusted the Father all the way to the point of death. And did you notice it said he died a criminal's death on a cross? Because the Jesus-centered worldview, it relinquishes our hold on our reputation and it embraces love. It, It relinquishes our reputation that says, I've got to look good, I've got to stand good. People have to think well of me. 
Because our Savior, at the lowest point of his life, he was naked, he was battered, he was whipped, he was bruised, he was mocked. And yet he was king. And he said to God, these incredible words of trust, into your hands I commit my spirit. It embraces love. It goes from all eyes on me to God's got me. And this is who Jesus is. And if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ today, if you've been thinking about it but you're not there, I want you to know this is how much God loves you. That he went from here to here. And now it's up to all of us to go to acknowledge him as our Lord and our Savior. And maybe that's not been you. You've never made that commitment. I'd love to talk with you about making that commitment. But maybe you made that commitment years ago. But you've been living in faith 101 for a long time. I'm being encouraged. Being a Christian is great. And we haven't followed through with the you must have. The same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. And the good news is, is that we're in this wonderful group project together. That humility can only be done really in community. I mean, this, uh, this scripture that, that I read, I mean, it's the scripture that Heather and I, we had at our wedding that we've had as part of our relationship as a couple because it really is all about humility and about loving one another and sharing in that beautiful gift. Because the world does not want that for you. Instead, the world's messages are very different. One message that the world gives you says you are not enough. You're unworthy. You are worthless. Unless you buy this car and then every, all your problems go away, right? You are not enough. But the other side says you can do anything. I learned this in Back to the Future. It's a lie. But it says you can do anything. You put your mind to it. Pull yourselves up by your own bootstraps. You can accomplish anything. Both of these are lies, and they're not the gospel. The gospel says Jesus did it, and he invites you to join him. And you're not alone in the journey. I, was, I just this morning, I heard about this study. It's crazy. Um, where they would, they would take people to this hill, and they would have them try to guess the incline of this hill and how long they think it would take them to do it. So we're about to talk about math for a second. Stay with me, y'all. And so they were to guess the angle of the incline and how long. And what the people who had other people who were with them guessed a lower incline than those who were all by themselves. When you find yourself here and you look up, if you look by yourself, it looks unclimbable. But if you feel like you have other people and you're not alone, it looks climbable and that you can do it. And that's what it means to be part of the church. And that's what it means to be part of it. Now, but you have to choose it. Just because you're here doesn't mean that you choose humility in community. We have to practice it. And we have to give ourselves over to it. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.